Diablo Bang. Keep it clapping. I, I actually, we didn't clap last time, and I was like, oh, oh, it's just as easy, just to match up the first <laughs> thing you say. <laughs> so the whole premise of the beginning of every one of our episodes for the last year has been uh, a farce. We I love that we made, I made Casey turn the office light off and plug in, like, a desk lamp, yeah. and I'm looking at the picture that you see, the exact same. Right. <laughs> Well, so for Hans, difference. Like, it yeah, looks for good Hans, for Hans. It's the exact same. For Harvey, it looks like a a, a rave a from Blade. Yeah, we're in a rave. I know. We just like waiting for the blood to come out of the sprinklers. You're in the, you look like you're yeah you're in the in the back room and uh, what's that what's that great scene? I forget his name. Uh, I think his last name's Eric Roberts. He gets tossed off a second floor right onto his ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Roberts' brother. Yeah, I think it's a Batman movie. Like he's like, I ain't know nothing. And Batman's like, all right, and just drops him. And instead of the oh the no, that's fall, true. It's, it's, I forget which uh, one that is. It's Eric, Dark Knight. Eric Roberts is in every. Eric movie. Roberts is in Dark Knight. Yeah, because he's like the shysty, non-Russian white guy gangster. But speaking of shysty non-Russian gangsters, we got three of them right here. <laughs> well, yeah, we do. And the baby boss. Which was nominated for an Oscar. No. Yes, the animated movie Baby Boss. About a boss baby. I've seen snippets of that because it's on Netflix and my nephews are loving um, animated movies on Netflix. It's not bad. Like, Ashley watched the whole thing. I watched all of it. I I will say something that you don't realize when it is promoted is that it is not about an actual baby boss. They set it up very well in the beginning and it's about the little bro- a brother that gets a baby into the family and he's really imaginative and he plays all of these like imaginative games with his parents like I'm in the jungle and I'm fighting tigers and it's just like stuffed animals or like I'm underseas, and he has this cardboard box, and it's a submarine, and so on and so forth. So when the baby comes, it's the baby boss. Like, it's his... Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes did it. (laughs) Did it. It's in the first five minutes. So, yes, it's it's very much like a Calvin and Hobbes. It's not an actual... What I thought from the thing, I was like, how could... Alec Baldwin be like a baby boss and that be such a good movie. It's all in the yeah. mind of the older brother that gets a baby brother. Yeah. So it's all in the minds of someone getting a sibling. It's cute. I uh I, not it a, must be not Oscar cute, but it's cute. If it's going against Coco, it should have no chance. I don't know if Coco got nominated for I anything. doubt it will. Coco did. Yeah. That yeah, movie's it did. A, 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 incredible. Uh but Ferdinand did not. I think he got nominated for either screenplay or song. Ferdinand no, was, got nominated for sc- Ferdinand. Yeah, no, it got nominated for best uh, animated. Oh, because it? it was Baby Boss. Then that, and I was like, "There's no reason I should know the all John of the animated Cena? nominees." He didn't get nominated yeah, John for Cena's. best voice acting. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> you know see me that's so i like the transition he made is absolutely amazing 
to he's doing what what hogan never could what the rock is still struggling doing is making an actual transition so he's a bit behind the rock though I think, checking in yeah. harvey said hell no to the ergo baby she's just sitting on she's my lap sitting. right now and she's just she's cool all right that's good she's watching she's walking watching uncle h and she's like this this cool just give me yeah, on the air i can get behind this i want to be by you i want don't want to be forced to be by you got you metaphor so uncle yeah. h yo how was your afternoon did you have a good night court, court. i, th- I hey. think he was asking me that's why I said interrupting that. a assistant district attorney much. I hope she doesn't have a pair of googly goggles in her pocket <laughs> to, to, to to trump me again. <laughs> well, Casey, if you pick Hans over me, you know what I'm going to I, say. I, not to be a too much of a fan of my own podcast, but. <laughs> I could not watch this episode without having the previous episode, which we all had a part yeah. in, affect my judgment of the episode. I was like, that is canon. That episode was canon. Last week they fucked twice. Uh, right. And now this is going to affect Harry's decision. Fair game. Fair enough. But yeah. And to be clear, not episode of Night Court, but episode of Have a Good. Of Smut Court. Smut Court. Night Thrust. Night <laughs> Trademark. That's trademarked, actually. That, uh, that. Harvey just yawned. <laughs> she's, she's like, um, yeah. Oh, well, then put Keep on going. night thrust and. Yeah. <laughs> change that yawn into a. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> you want to get your babies randy. Oh, man. Play a little night thrust. That was fun. Looking up sexy music is always fun. I like the. That, that should be like a. Uh, it could be like a, um, an experiment or a thesis where if you put sexy music behind anything, it becomes kind of disgustingly sexy. Sure, yeah. You can make anything. It's like when they do those memes that are uh, Hitler quotes, but they just put Taylor Swift's picture and then her name after it. Oh, no, I've never seen that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> You've never seen those like misquotes? And they're, like, they're the best, and it's, you know, like... And the Aryan race shall rise and last for a thousand years. Taylor Swift. <laughs> they do a lot of um, Abraham Lincoln quotes about the internet. Like, the internet will one day consume us, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, that's good. The, John Mulaney has a good bit where uh, there's a hotel in Washington, D.C. I think it's called the Lincoln Hotel. And every key you get has a different Lincoln quote. And like some of them, he was like, <laughs> they get a little thin. Yeah, exactly. It, like it was like, what name? Like a very like oft oft used quote, like um, or like the better angels of our nature. Well, that's you know, like very they, Lincoln, the but it's no, it's more like one is too few, three is too many. A Lincoln. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, you can't give that one to that Lincoln. Just says a. Like, <laughs> you could totally do a civil four like duck. Not Lincoln. That could be Albert Lincoln. <laughs> He's the plumber at the Lincoln Hotel. Duck uh, Mary. You don't yeah. Wanna, uh, yeah. The offshoots of the li- Bill Lincoln. This bumbling brother that sells moonshine with his own picture on it. <laughs> we stayed in a in Athens, Ohio, where Ashley went to college. They have this. It's a King's Inn. Like, it's, it's a chain. It's a it's a chain, but they have ensconced behind lacquered wood 
it feels kind of Twin Peaksy. The one time JFK stayed there. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh yeah. And it looks like it hasn't changed. It a bit. hasn't. It hasn't been updated. It just has that creepy murder lodgy look. There's a great story about like so it was very you know it's obviously a big deal when JFK was president to have him stay anywhere, and when he the one time he visited Los Angeles, he was promised to stay at Frank Sinatra's house, and Frank Sinatra had a notice like had a beforehand notice of that and built an entire wing onto his house. What? And then um, it was like a week before he even had the plaque made because you can still see it. The plaque made that JFK stayed here on this date. And the week before, like under pressure that Frank Sinatra was too Italian, he stayed he stayed <laughs> with Bing Crosby. And Bing Crosby just had a guest room. Shut the fuck no, up. He just stayed like on a fold out couch. Yeah, that's, that's why amazing. that was a big deal, because Sinatra claimed that because of him, he helped Kennedy get uh, linked up with the mob in Chicago, who actually was responsible for him getting those important votes boats in Illinois. Ooh, I can't talk votes in Illinois. And the big deal was he's like he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna help him out in the next coming election. And then I'm sure Ooh, Oliver got... Stone said Sinatra was on the grass. He knows, of course, yeah, crooning a bullet. So his when, way. <laughs> so when JFK was like, you know what, I don't want to stay at your house. He got the most Italian about it. Well, like, then you're going to, I'm going to kill <laughs> yeah, you. Right. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> uh, Speaking of yeah. chairman of the board, B-O-R-E-D. Just kidding. <laughs> that was that Norm Macdonald joke. What, what, uh, what was the joke? I missed it. The chairman. It's from that, uh, Conan O'Brien clip where he's on and that, uh, woman's on talking about. Her movie that she's doing with uh, Carrot Top. Oh, shit. Yes, I've seen that. Right. And, and Conan keeps, like, Norm keeps needling in and, like, cracking it's jokes about the It's a lady from Ally McBeal, right. but not yeah. not Harrison Ford's wife. It's not wife. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, but... No, it's a, a blonde. Um, oh, I... Okay. But, like, she's really young and attractive and, like, kind of, like... It, you know, like, I don't know how to do these shows. And of course, Norm is just being Norm. Right. And Conan's trying to come to the defense of the damsel in distress. And Norm just keeps cracking jokes about her career and her life. Isn't it a little, like, harsh, as I recall? Like, ee, does it make you a little uncomfortable? Oh, I'm sure yeah, the jokes no, are it's, it's as harsh as... Oh, it's awkward. Like, me, myself, I would have been put off by it. Me, yeah. not... Being in the situation, I'm like, go Norm. But right, Norm Norm McDonald is fully aware that he's not gonna go get a drink with this woman. Right. So he's like, I'm just gonna keep cracking. He's probably a, a few in the sheets at that time, but the whole thing is, it builds up to he keeps making fun of the fact that she's he's making fun of the movie, and every piece of information he gets about it makes the movie worse. It's like, oh, you're in a movie. Oh, carrot tops in it, Norm, and then it's just boom, 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 and then she says. The name of the movie is Chairman of the Board, and then Conan goes to Norm, like, do something with that. Right. And it's like five seconds, and he goes, yeah, Chairman of the Board, B-O-R-E-D. <laughs> God. Ugh. Well done, Normie. This is the Norm MacDonald Podcast. Right. We haven't even gotten to the title of the episode or of the this. introductions. This is a record. 
I'm going to do it right now. Hans, how was your afternoon? Did you have a good night? Court! Hey, <laughs> baby, we're back. Boy. Back and better And than we ever. got... I got you. Please rise, as always, for the honorable Hans Carl Freiwald. Please rise for the as honorable as I and quick tongue DA Ash Van Gehring. <laughs> well, hello. And her ADA, Harvey Van Heel. And just make a noise. your big bull bailiff, Case Van Heel. Had to introduce himself. That was a triangulation, Ash. Me to you to you to Case. You to Harv to Case. Quadrangle. I was Harvey. Lay Harvey up. dropped the ball. Don't throw and it didn't on introduce the her baby. She's the next generation next of this gen. podcast. <laughs> next I wonder what podcasts will be like uh, uh, when she's podcast ready. Thought I know cast. that when she's podcast ready, this one will be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope like, her friends listen to it at least for one listen to make fun of it. Oh, yeah. She'll be like, for reals. For reals, y'all. But the truth of that is, like, I mean... That means she has good friends because her friends took the time to find in a thirty-year-old podcast to use <laughs> to rib her. That means that means she's like running in the circles of true blue ball-busting comedians. Yeah, that means she's actually running for the district attorney job of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, hopefully she's so successful that this will be a detriment on her career. <laughs> Or when Skynet takes over and they're making that level of the Matrix Internet that is your downloadable Night Court, they have to use what we say because it's hyperlinked to Night Court. So we are forever tethered. There's a dirty corner of Night Court where the three of us are Black Mirror-esque ensconced on this weird living Internet. Yeah, when they take, you know how they can take all these these bits of information that exist online, and that includes podcasts, and that'll include Have a Good Night Court and Jerk Practice, our main podcast. When they take that and then compile it into a techno being that lives on the interwebs, it'll just take form as a fat guy masturbating in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Okay, we're leaving. We're the Star Wars kid of podcasts. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> Except instead of his lightsaber, it's just a dick. And a gavel. <laughs> a gavel-shaped dick. <laughs> He's batting the gavels away with his what dick. What a menace. What a menace to the online world. Just whizzing about like Slimer. I think that leads us into a good spot. Uh, we are on so. season two, episode 20. Transition. We see we're the- nearing the end. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, we are. And this is no spoilers. I like this one a lot. Spoilers. This was a really oh, we did too. A really tight, well done episode. Like hopefully, like, the last few that we've watched, hopefully, are foreshadowing what we we have to expect. Uh, the episode, like no spoilers in the title. It's Mac and Quan Lee colon together again i have a little description for you guys this is our imdb description after kwan lee max legal wife is caught sharing a house oh, it's all spoilers on imdb there's a reunification let's, of kwan lee and it. mac let's put it there you got what you needed in the title yeah, it, yeah exactly which i thought that storyline was great but i also liked that that was not 
the only central piece of the episode. Like, I think when Night Court is at its finest, there are actually multiple stories going on. Yeah. When they tend to focus on one line, right, sometimes everything... it gets to get, it's too much or it gets lost with yeah. the other characters and how they react to right. it. I thought this was very even-handed. No, I agree. Like, when they equally delineate between the storylines, like, nothing has more weight than the other. Like, I understand why this episode was named what it was, because that's an integral storyline. But there is also something else very important that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, given the fact that we know the history of Night Court and have the, the, you know, the gift of hindsight... Yeah. We kind of know that maybe this is leading up to an actuality for the end of a character. Yeah. Ooh, you think so? Oh, we know so. yeah. All right. I, th- I, I thought this would could have, we'll, we'll get into it, but. I, I personally, we'll get to hmm. it, but I personally think that this is their lead up to what's about to happen, cast wise. Oh, so you think she knew she, the writing was on the wall. Possible. I think they had already contracted by this point, so it was very clear no, that true. she was They're not coming like, back. Or two episodes left Ugh. in the season, like everything's all set in order. They're also, all going to take a break. Selma's and then come not back. in it. Oh shit! There's no Selma. That's true. Oh fuck! Spoiler alert! Oh my no god! Selma you're absolutely right. Oh, did we not? Yeah, huge deal. She wasn't even in the credits. I don't. No, she was in she the credits. Was, it was just cigarette smoke. <laughs> just a, just she a was, hazy wisp. <laughs> she was in the credits, but I don't think we'll see her again. I Fuck. think, yeah, she's probably so ill. I didn't, yeah, you're totally right. She's, is she I didn't, sitting in a chair next to Walter White? Yes. Which is no, why, she is. Which no! Is, which is why, I don't know if you guys noticed, because you didn't know this, notice that someone wasn't there. Bull was less bull and a little more sass. Oh, he! They folded the sass jokes. I think jokes. they folded lines into themselves. And his first joke was good, and that was definitely that wouldn't have been bulls, a Selma joke. I guarantee you. You're right. Blasphemous! I cannot believe I didn't notice it, man. That's why you're the DA. Yeah, exactly. Jeez, and not some lowly priest from the Bronx. Well, though we don't have Selma, we do get. Uh, and I was like, oh fuck, we get a taste of pilot episode harry right off the bat oh yeah oh we said it oh man we went what? yeah right back but i there i do like the self-awareness so we're into it it's mac and kwan lee together again opens in court as usual camera pans across the busy courtroom max at the desk organizing paper we see Bull under the light as usual, which I guess is his like iconic spot. Right. It's like under the, the two That's lamps. That's been tattooed on many calves, I'm sure. <laughs> Hipster calves. It's about to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> two of them. Uh, and then Harry does, uh, Mac sort of like, you know, gets everything in order. And then Harry turns around with a classic old comic book. Order googly eyes. Old googlies. But it doesn't get the and response. It doesn't get the response other no. than probably the groans and happening at the same time in Ohio as Charleston, and South Carolina. And uh. <laughs> Audible groan. Uh. But they did play up to the joke because Bull is calling him the honorable turn googly eyes. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Nothing? 
And Bull goes, uh, semi-mystical Judge Harry Stone. <laughs> and wha- why I would say that that's a Selma line, because Bull did it great. Yeah. But it's so dry. Right, right. It's not semi-mystical. Like, it's not, it doesn't have a punch to it. Like, yeah. it is just straight dry. Because we get regular Bull later in this episode, which is the doofy, <laughs> smiley, sure. yeah. full of vim and vigor. Yeah, the, Bull. the bobblehead. So he turns. Harry realizes nothing, no pop. Gallows don't pop. Nothing. He's having an off the night. The lawyer's, yeah, he's having an off night. And uh, Harry just looked, night court, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> turns to Mac and is like, what? Nothing. And Mac just says, Thrill is gone. And then uh, they realize they're, also the reason no one was forcibly laughing is because there are no lawyers. lawyers. Yeah, right. We're missing Dan, and no, we're missing Billy, and, uh... Well, we're not missing Billy. She just happens to not be there. Ooh. Ayo! <laughs> Thank you. Well, you're England for... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's just say, Billy, eventually Billy shows up. She runs in, she's hustling, she she's apologetic, and then uh, the judge is like, well, actually, Dan's not here either. And she's like, that son of a bitch. Oh, Late. yeah. Mega shade. But. Throws crazy shade. Oh, yeah. But what she, little does she know. Well, no. For then Judge asks why why they're missing, right? Why why is she late and why is Dan still missing? And it's because they are, they're, what are they doing? They're applying for a specific job within the court structure, right? Yes, they're for a posi- a- appointment from the mayor. What does that mean? Yeah. Is that just a, a-, a judicial appointment? I think it's for a. I don't. They don't specifically judgeship? get into it. No, I feel like it's like what? a task, like the crack task force type it's of a, thing. In my opinion, it's a more political title. Like that person may very well continue to do their jobs. Yeah, they may be the actual DA, like law and order DA. Uh, but like then they may be they would yeah. yeah, they'll continue to do their jobs, but then if they get this like position in public office, they also work on like outreach stuff. So they're kind of a face. Gotcha. Yeah. You hit it this is a daytime job. You you were hitting on it, Hansi. Like no more night weirdos. Like this is an afternoon. Legit, gig. Right, right. Cush. Um it's it's a step into politics, and it could be it could be a step into politics. It could be a step into a judgeship, and it's one step out the door for opinion. Billy. Oh yes, but she's got feet. Before uh, they can uh, kind of finish their conversation, in like a Hawaiian king. Oh God, Dan it's so, such a good gag on the, on the shoulders of. Shoulders of my note was on the shoulders of goons. I was, oh man, it's better than my. I was like on the shoulders of Puerto Ricans. I don't like. I don't and they're like leather. But the shot was so beautiful because it's the doorway to the court, and you see all these strapping young, leather-clad, leather clad, leather tramp boys. lads, sex boys carrying a man in a suit who we know is Dan, but you can't see his. You can't see him from the waist up. They're like hoisting him up and then they have to like get down, right? dip. And John Larroquette is so tall that he's like slinks under the door. And then they they go back to Dan, 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 Dan. Which is so because Harry's like, how'd it go? 
And she's like, I think it went all right. You know, like I tried to wow them with my prowess. And then in comes Dan and she's yeah. like, Dan had a different approach. Which is. And he's got the. Yeah, go ahead. Which we find out is like, and so he has much revelry. And he comes in and it's the, the I think as he titled it, Gang of Lads. Right. <laughs> sure. And then Billy makes the assertion like, well, he paid them for that. And then the one guy up front is like, not yet. He's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of weasels oh, yeah, yeah, away. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, so yeah. what is he doing? He's paying these uh, reprobates, if you will. Yes. To to show that he has compassion and empathy towards like a struggling community. I, don't, I was like, what is happening here? I think he's going like old school boss tweed with it. Oh. He's like a man out of time. So so these are like, like I was like, so this is a vote? Right. He he went like old school thugs. Like he's like, vote for Dan Fielding or are you gonna get a punch to the dick? Uh, I gotcha. I see. I was like, what is going on? It was so weird. But he's going old Tammany Hall with gotcha. it. Gotcha. And of course, you know, Dan doesn't pay his debts, so he's like Donald Trump. He's just like, I'll give you seventy <laughs> cents on the dollar. <laughs> Right. And he wants the leather tramp vote. Get out the leather vote. So from there, um, Dan comes on in, and then they're finally set up, and we're set up to get our first case, no? The case. The case of cases. Well, I mean, anytime there's more one than more more than one prostitute in the night court. You know me. It is the I'm case licking of my cases. chops. <laughs> the Casey's case of cases. Uh so we get it, and it's not I was a little bummed. I saw in the, the swipe, I thought maybe we get a Carla B. I was B. thinking the same thing. I was hoping. Uh, no Carla B. Carla B is off the streets so, recouping from the flu. Wink. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but she's off the streets. I would street. also Watermelon say, diet, I old... would say regardless of writers, that character would have carried on had they not done the Carla B specific episode. And then after that, with her, her and Harry. Right. Yeah. And then I think that after that, it was just like, is it funny or kind of sad if we bring her back as a pro? Right. Like, after they've done that, then going back to that quote unquote well, maybe a little bit more pathetic than humorous. So I I think they almost, (sighs) they bit off more than they can chew by doing that story so soon because then you couldn't have that reoccurring character. That's interesting. Because I... Because you don't want to. Do you agree? Yeah. Like, if we saw Carla B now after that episode, we'd be like, Carla, she's you're still, still you're still doing it. She saw her friend. She had to identify then, a yeah. body. But then, <laughs> yeah. Right. But then, oh, yeah. but then also, like, if Harry just acts like it's a normal case, we'd be like, Harry, you callous fuck. Uh, like $50 she's in fine, love four with days, you, Carla B. I'll see you at your apartment. <laughs> no, so I think it's sad because I think that was a great episode like i i right it was too good it's also a little like hashtag too soon like right. that's like, like jim and pam getting together in the office like the first season it like popped. you can't it's do too it. early yeah hashtag we need more tension <laughs> <laughs> so we get our first case and it's not carla b no but it's her contemporaries and my note was the people versus hookers names just a long list of hookers names like Rosie Cheeks and Sheila Biggins, you know, and then 
Yeah. Bust, and they get down the whole list, and then Mac is reading them, and that's the whole, Harry asks him, and we find out they were picked up, and it's a, a madam, and list of hookers name, hooker, 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 mm-hmm. hooker, and Mac, it ends with, and my wife, good. And in, in Saunter's old Quan Lee. Yep. Quan Lee. So, dressed in her finest Hanoi oh no. hooker wear. Her silks. They gave her the Asian she, hooker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's in a dress, though. Like, it's not a bustier. I know it's not, but what I know about Vietnam is based on episodes of Quantum Leap, and when he leaps back into the guy in Vietnam. I, and I only know it from Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> and they just wear silky, t- tawdry drapery. <laughs> um, but Quan Lee looks good, and she's there, and it's like, Mac, it's my wife? And we find out that she has been living with this tawdry group of of babes. Yeah, without Mac knowing. Right, because they haven't seen each other since the wedding. Yeah, they've been cut. He's cut her loose. They've been living their lives separately. Which, if I wouldn't have seen the show, like if we were watching this as it came out in the eighties, number one, I I kind of wouldn't would have forgotten Quan Lee. Yeah. But also, being that we've seen it, and Casey remembered the end, like the end game, that oh yeah, Quan Lee is a re- reoccurring character. Like she comes back. That's his wife. I had no idea she would come back with them not speaking to each other. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Because they kind of, they leave with like getting lunch that afternoon. Kind of think something's yeah. going to blossom there. But that's what so leads she us to this. Come, yeah. yeah, if she would have come back in this day and age with us rewatching it with the hindsight or watching it for the first time in the 80s, I would have never expected her coming back where they're like, haven't seen you since we married. Right. They, and yeah, I guess, but they had to set that up for, for what we're, what yeah. we're going to no, get. No, I think it was a, it was a good shift. Uh, and then we get into a really good bit where it was like, your husband, it's an open relationship. Oh, that's what we call it. That's what we do. And you're charging and he's like, us? No, no, no. You're charging us? Oh, no, no, no. She's illegal. I just married her to, you know, like I married her to. Give her a green card. You're like, isn't that illegal? Isn't that against the law? <laughs> yeah, right. So it's this whole like, what? what, what I don't. Wait, what? But it still doesn't matter because Harry's like, all right, Tawny yeah. and the Tawnettes, you get fifty dollar fine. You get fifty dollar fine. You get fifty dollar fine. Four days in the clink, and Quan Lee, you're released on your own recognizance, or she's released to Max oh. Care or something. <laughs> And he does have a good bit when it's all going to hell. He just turns to the stenographer, whom is a great character, which we don't see. And he's right. just like, uh, when exactly did I, do- I lose control? And she just goes, eh. And he was like, oh, good. Right off the bat. That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, so then they disperse. And of course, uh, a, a crew of uh, prostitutes can't disperse without one of them. Uh, taken to old uh, bull- sniffing blue- around the old, <laughs> yep. the old blue bulls, <laughs> old blue bull. So uh, bull takes off with the again another like kind of they always team him up with kind of the large Swedish busty prostitute. Yeah, the milkmaid, if you will, or they <laughs> they know his type. Yeah, 
And uh, but then it leads uh, for us, it leads to the cafeteria where Mac is trying to figure out what's Quan Lee's story. Like, why did she end up? Yeah. Uh, living on the streets yeah yeah on the streets exactly like he left her she was this cute little woman from vietnam and he said he'd married her to keep her in the country and then apparently they just parted ways and she lived on the streets of new york city with no money in 1985 which is the equivalent of living in you know uh hanoi like you said in 1971 so he's sweating bullets. Max sitting over this table, like, "Why would you turn to the streets?" And she's like, "I owe eighteen thousand dollars." Right. She's like, "I'm," and he's like, "What the fuck? How?" And then she's like, "Look," and she's got all of her teeth done. Yep. Apparently, we don't see. And then he's like, "Okay, I understand the money, but like, why are you on the streets?" And she's like, "Well." The my apartment cut. He's like your apartment cut. Like, or she says the men broke into my house. And what? Max, men broke into your house to put out the fire. Fire? Yes, the drapes. The drapes caught on fire. The drapes? How'd that happen? The the sparks from the couch. The couch? Why were the couch sparking? Because the microwave exploded. Why'd the microwave explode? Because I put a can of cheese whiz in. Boom. <laughs> That's what I ever That was Not only what it was it was a long joke, it was worth it, but the bigger payoff was you two both being able to recite it verbatim. It's a long it's a long structured joke. But she said fondue. (laughs) Hashtag JP. Which was hilarious because she was like I was making fondue. You ever been I which I made a note for you. Oh yeah, fondue with cheese whiz. The best also the worst question mark you've done yes. you've done fondue with cheese whiz no but i guess why wouldn't you because it i doesn't have even a, have to a, be hot. i mean i have an affinity for cheese whiz right. i've done it on like steak sandwiches yeah as any good american as a, has a, hence a philly cheese oh steak. you know what i was going to i was going to like the spray cheese isn't that cheese whiz uh, uh easy yeah cheese. Oh, it's easy cheese that's what i it's not spray but it's in a canister like a like a like a cool whip yeah a little aerosol can same type of cheese so, it's matter. a whipped cheese you could get cheese whiz in a vat so is that well. joke racist then you just assume that a foreign person would put any cheese in a microwave i think it's a poor person joke Ooh, yeah government cheese joke yeah i think it's like fondue the fancy cheese with the nonest fanciest cheese yeah, on the face true. of the planet. Like I think it's more of that. Like I'm living with prostitutes. I'm clearly not yeah. getting by. Like I, I think it was more of a like a that's how you live in New York. I got a can of beans and cheese with I guess I'm it's making the, fondue. It's the eighties and microwave is still a, a pricey piece of True. True. Or a, a pricey appliance. That's valid. Because if you do the old Dick Tracy, put the beans on the stove in the can, like you get away with that. That's the best. Uh, that's the best unsolved mysteries there is. There's this old miser who lived for forty years eating one can of beans a day, leaving. I think he was like a, a hack, like a uh, like a taxi driver. He would put a can yeah. of beans on the stove on the low setting. Go out for the day, come back, eat his one can of beans, and then he died alone. 
but without any family, but he was worth like $2 million. And everybody, like a bunch of rats, were like, what? What? No. So everybody was trying to get at that money. But this, And then in that building was Ron Don Trump was the owner. It was his first building. Right. Exactly. Oh, Casey, you know, when we sold my dad's house, we had a year's mm. worth of canned beans. Oh, God. And a year's worth of Special K. Special K. And canned and food. beans. Like hungry not hungry man uh it was um it was mixed vegetables and then a lot of the yeah it wasn't canned uh, mixed God, vegetables hungry man. the fancy the, like the beefy man the, the truck the stuff. one that the the football players all do the commercials for Campbell's oh, yeah chunky? the um yes! yeah chunky beans chunky beans but chunky beans so it was like that's texas a, roadhouse a beans yeah roadhouse stew they transitioned into they wanted they got into thicker the bean broths market? They got then they got shut down. No, it's like it's a bean By chili. Big bean. It's big a bean, bean chili. So it's like a chili. Stay soup in her with lane, beans. hungry yeah. man. I, I, but, but I'd much had, rather see football players promoting just straight beans. Like her, <laughs> oh yeah, and we beans, were we Jarvis. Were, we were in Brooklyn at the time, and it was like there's too much of this to say. Ah, oh, fuck it, I'm not bringing it back. So I came back one time with like a car full of beans and. Special K. And it, there's something to be said for that creepy old miser, because those things aren't just tall tales. That shit still really happens. The house that my brother and my sister-in-law bought and that my <gasps> brother has refurbished, yes. uh, they got a lead on it because our 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 neighbor that where we grew up, he was like, my aunt and uncle are, aren't doing well. And then they ended up passing and he was like, I'll sell the house to you guys. Just let me clean it out. And then it's yours, and you can get it for a song. They're in their house was packed. They were like hoarders, like packed full to of the junk. ceiling, to the ceiling, Oof. to the ceiling. They found like a Honus Wagner fifteen thousand dollars worth of cash, and just like random bundles of like five to two thousand dollars in tinfoil like and refrigerators. In like sin- like tinfoil in cigar boxes that under the bedspreads, like all these rando, like quote unquote old people places to stash cash. They found that it. makes you so if you got to clean out a hoarder's house and then, you know, early on in the clean, you're like, what the fuck is this? A tinfoil tin full of a thousand dollars in a shirt pocket. Now I have to go through every pile. Everything. Yes. Shit. You have to go through everything. Uh, and they'll still they still you're probably like, there's more. Money. They still probably. Throw yeah. Money, no. Because you never know. For as much as they found, there was probably that one like dirty diaper. Exactly. Full of like gold doubloons, <laughs> right? It's like our buddy <laughs> like that. Uh, getting totally off track, but this is like a story that still makes me sick to our stu- my stomach. Um, we, you and I, uh, Karsten, who we knew from Minneapolis, he's from yeah. Texas originally. His his father, I forget what he was in, but had a lot of money, so much money so that he didn't like to put it all in the bank, or he didn't, you know, he was like in a car dealer, so he had to like he had some income he didn't want to report, so he got it shifted into gold bars and unlike my cartoony head you can put your money in gold bars and they're not big old fort noxy gold bars they look like little candy bars they're little gold bars and they're worth a ton of money and he hid them in a plant a potted plant like just filled it with these gold bars and then put like the sod on top of it and this plant yeah yeah, which was immediately eh, thrown out by his wife so it was like $100,000 of gold up. bars. 
So there's like a junkyard somewhere in Texas where there is literally like buried treasure. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Or some asshole, you know, you put a plant out on the corner. Somebody's like, all right. I mean, I've, I've probably done it. Like, I guess I could use a plant that I'll never <laughs> a water. A rubber plant? I've always wanted one of those. But that, does that make crazy sense now that we think about it? Our friend Carson kind of liked to spin them. If you lift a plant full of gold bars, right? It's still heavy. That's got to be he- Gold is super dense, right? I mean, it's oh, not yeah. like lead. Like it, it wouldn't. You wouldn't be. But you'd be like, "Wow, this plant is a little heftier." Karsten might have been. But trying if you're to cleaning s- out <laughs> yeah. a crazy you person's, know. he was probably house. To get, trying to get us to buy him a sandwich. Another sob story. That those yeah, gold right. bars should have been his, but now he's living in an attic <laughs> with some, some, some. In a, speaking of, he's living with Tawny in the Tawnettes. <laughs> sleeping on a workout bench. Oh my god! Yeah, the the. Uh, the long, arduous process of the finagling of a workout bench. <laughs> Jeez. All right, we're we're off track, but we're getting there. Speaking of hoarder, we find out she's basically like a lot of hoarders in that they can't stop buying useless shit. So she's like, yeah. she bought a Civil War chess set. She got addicted to like QVC and got herself into yeah. $8,000 worth of debt. She just run up this crazy debt and now... Mac being on paper, her husband, yeah, has to help her out of it. Otherwise, she's going to die on the street. And he kind of realizes, or is it later on when he realizes his options? Because as a legal husband, you take on the debt and credit yeah. score of your partner. Yeah. No, he. we're getting a little ahead That's of ourselves, but we can pin this because we have the B storyline, which is back to... Both Billy and Dan wanting, uh, running for that position f- by the mayor. Getting close to a little we, taste what, of smut court, too, yeah. Smut, oh, yeah. Oh. So we, we find out that they both, like, as we know, they're running for the same spot. But they both, they need an endorsement from Harry, whom they've been serving under right, they for want quite a, a long time. So there's a, a a funny little gag where they're both sitting on a bench outside Harry's oh, so room, gross, so good next to the best central casting cartoonish lady hobo, right? Little rascals in the world, you know, style twenties yeah, hobo, dirt, sooty, sooty nosed, yes. like urchin, if you will. fingerless gloves. Uh, and they're waiting for Harry's endorsement, and they're both like, bah, 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 like yelling over each other and harry calls them all in the room and of course the lady hobo gets up with them to try and like (laughs) drink harry's diet sodas and then he gives her kicks her to the curb like not you why is she that close to judges chambers anyway i have no idea harry runs because she was gonna kill loose ship she was going to murder judge harry stone had there not been more people in that office right it's like a uh um it's like a kingfish scenario. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. He's going to get assassinated alone in his office. <laughs> He's got so much to do. Um, so um, they go in trying to convince Harry, need the letter of recommendation, but they're upset. They don't, you can't give him both. Can't Because he offers to give them both a letter of no. re- recommendation. And they call bullshit. So gotta choose. You gotta pick. Gotta choose. This is Sol. This is King Solomon. The choice of Solomon. 
And Billy tries to use her feminine wiles like a scheme bag. Oh, slit. Skirt. Skirt slit right on the she desk. gives him the leg. She gets on the, sits on his desk and flares the legs and crosses him. And what what's a man supposed to do? What's a man supposed to do? And then Dan calls bull. And not bull. Real bull. From the show. So they take a moment and we find out that, I think we're mixing stuff, but in the end of the day, Harry gives the note to Dan. Yeah. And upon exiting the uh, exiting the room, he plants one right on the old dirty hobo. Yeah, but before, uh, did we miss the part where the grossy part where Dan sneezes and the dirty hobo offers him the blackest, drippiest, like, uh, yes, uh, we did. that was when they were waiting and it yeah. com- or the handkerchief and it comes over and he's not paying attention and he all, almost uh, blows his nose with it. He gets skeeved. Skeeved, but now he, he yeah, uh, yeah, Dan gets it, kisses the bum. Yeah. It's just insensitive, I suppose. Um, <laughs> kisses the bum. Yeah. And then the next one I have is uh, Mac is in the courtroom, like, ruminating mm-hmm. on his choice of, like, what to do. Like, I've married this woman, but I can't marry this woman. What should I do? Blah, blah, blah. And he's going back and forth, and Bull just wanders in and asks him if he wants to go to lunch. And he's like, you're looking a little down, Mac. What does Mac say? He says, I'm I'm more than low. I'm like bread mold. Yeah, he goes on a thing. He's like, I'm scum. A scum. I'm scum, Bull. I'm scum. And he's like, oh, I guess we could go out for sandwiches or do whatever. He's like, I'm mold. Bread mold. And Bull's like, you know what? Not hungry yeah, anymore. I'm good. Let's see. And then we get crazy Freddy... Billy Kruger, she finds out yeah. old Dan got the letter of recommendation. She gives Harry the what for. And then as she leaves, she scra- tiger claws the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drives Harry insane. Sounds bad. Yeah, fingers on a chalkboard. Woman scorn. She claws. Woman scorn claws the door. And then it. Is that that is that when Bull is like, Harry, you don't know quite a lot. Yeah, basically Bull's like, he's like, I don't understand why she upset so upset with me. You know, they asked me to choose. I chose. Dan has a little more experience. And then yeah. we get uh, old Bull, a little irony. You know, you're a little dense. Yeah. So, and then Bull tells him, he's like, I learned a lot because I've lived a hard life. I've done a lot. I've seen it all. Also a big fan of Donahue. Yeah, right. He's got the sage advice. So Harry, which, you know, basically like, you don't know your way around women. She wants, she wanted the thing for the job, but she also wanted affirmation from you, Harry. (laughs) Right. Which kind of sounds condescending. Oh, God. Because that's what it is. It's like, she doesn't want the promotion. She just wants a, a man to, yeah, to validate her position in the world. To validate yeah. her. Right, right. God, this is why we need our DA. Because you and I are just like, Bob, I'm just feeling it. Like, Because my next note just says soda crackers and pickle chips. JP joke. <laughs> I don't know what that, I don't remember what that means. I actually just watched the episode. Speaking of the devil, I was just talking about, I was like, we're like kind of pinging around. We're kind of floating in the ether here without our uh, DA to keep us trying on to track. Bring, we're trying to bring it home. So what I'll say, because I had to leave the room with Harvey, 
I oh, I hate this. I understand Billy. Yes. She Billy was not upset at the debate because Harry made very good sense. Like Dan has a lot more experience, has a lot more cases, has a lot more knowledge under his belt that has nothing to do with anybody's expertise. It has to do with time served. Right. Mm. Totally understandable. I will bring this back to a brunch I had last week with my lawyer friend. Brush your shoulders off. She is an associate. (laughs) You know a lawyer. She, I do know a lawyer. She got a, uh, like, you know, it was a a peer review type thing. It happens every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was scheduled. She got a very good review and got financially compensated for her work. That being said, the one thing that she left with was kind of like ah, that that one thing, that one pang that just, you know, still kind of gets to you is that she works so much and goes through so much eff- extra effort that the financial response to that, though very appreciated, did not even compare to a thank you. And she was not given that acknowledgement or thank you now on their side very understandably they thought they did that because they gave her that increase in pay that's the equation but of on her, uh, economics to discrimination exactly and and what she said was to me which i completely understood and it could be a battle of the sexes thing men are from mars women are from venus but when you do your job right, of course you expect to be paid accordingly, but going the extra mile doesn't come down to finances a lot of the time. Not all of the time, but a lot of the time. It comes down to, do I work for people who are grateful for that extra mile? Right. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. And when that thank you isn't given, even if you're financially compensated- and compensated better than your peers because you do so much, there's a difference. And I, I think that's kind of what Billy was saying. It's not that I didn't get the part on paper. Dan does make more sense. Yeah. It's that it wasn't presented to me originally as a like, Billy, you're absolutely fantastic. You will get this one day. Dan, why are you great? I agree at with me? you, but she didn't. <laughs> I'm looking at Hans. <laughs> all she wanted was a little, a little tap on the bone. Plus, I Billy was doing hug. all that fucking her way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! No, I think Ash. I think Ash is right in the fact like that's what what I think was the sort of heart of the sure, matter. Of it wasn't portrayed in that way yeah. because all she wanted was the love letter from Harry. Right, exactly. As it played out in in the show, in reality. Oh no, we need. Where's Selma? <laughs> Selma. Little help here. Hey, you weigh in there, Harvey Bear. Everything Mom says is right. I didn't say you She's were. On Mom's side. I, I, I absolutely agreed with you. I just he was he was laughing at the voice of Billy fighting for her rights as a female to party and have a a good job, and then also having to reconcile your our 
porno from the week before. Well, and what I mentioned when we first started this, I, I think this whole debate is a non-harsh way of approaching what we know with hindsight is about to happen. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, of course. Like, I think that this is a non-confrontational way to see that, you know, Billy may need to sow her oats elsewhere. Right. Do you agree? How much baloney does Billy have to bop to get some respect around that court? Oh, man. That's what... That was Billy. She's got to work. Work for that, Billy. Um, and so if we want to take it, you know, uh, look at the actual, like, systemic issues surrounding that, it really leads into some serious issues when we get to, you know, the actual storyline when Mac really sits down with Quan Lee and you yeah, find out yeah. why Mac is actually so hesitant about the the them um, cohabitating, like, actually like participating yeah. in a marriage and i did not see that coming at all i was like oh fuck mid 80s no mac got a unfortunately for charles robinson and the character mac he got a lot of like antiquated bullshit hung on his shoulders because right. mac charles robinson is a fucking crazy charming actor and you're just like he's so good but he got so much of that bullshit, like, thrust upon him because he was like, oh, man, now I'm sidled with this debt. Right. And it's either I marry you and get the debt or we're not married and it's my debt or I'm dead and it's my debt. Right. Yeah. But before that, I, I agree with that. But he does get some, I don't if you call it progressive, but at least some, like, social uh, commentary when he's like, you know what people do? To people that are interracially married, You're right? Like, oh, yeah, he did get. Jeez, turn it on a dime here. And he will like, and then you get to see some ins like, which is funny because there's like a lot of character shit for Mac, right? That very few people on the show ever get. Yeah, that's true. And it's like he's a vet. He's struggling. He's trying to make make ends meet. He's worried about money, but then you see some real shit where he's like, okay, like, and we're about to get there where he professes his love for her but his own whether it be cultural whether it's age because he is so much older than her he fought in vietnam it's all the stuff from the previous episode which hasn't gone away right um but when he finally says i love you the whole the, and that's when the gallows showed up i was like there's no gallows they'll go oh yeah. and you think it's the studio audience and you're like Oh no! It's just all the gross scumbags in the cafeteria, like that cafeteria. Watching this black man and an Asian so woman. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But so as soon Are we as we there in the conversation, yeah. We we're just we're hinting we're getting at where like we're at the point where that he's talking about being married to her and like what needs to happen. I also think it was really interesting because we've covered this a lot. In this show, obviously a lot has changed, but I found it kind of an interesting realization or reminder that one of the things 
they bring up, Mac brings up, is that people, I don't know if you just mentioned this, that people may not look kindly to an African-American man with an yeah. Asian woman. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, we were just saying, Oh, like, I'm so sorry. But no, that's no, good. it's okay, you but we're just saying he gets that the... great line, because that's when it does take a shift, because not only does it shift to that, he's like, he literally like, there's a chance this could get ugly, and she's like, I emigrated here from war-torn oh, yeah, Vietnam. That, yeah, that's... War is ugly. Like, it's like, oh my Since God. I was five. Yeah. I've known nothing but war since the age of five. I've seen my family die. Will it get uglier than that? Which is, is something that, I mean, it, it rings true to a degree today, but in the 80s, that it's it's far more yeah. of a severe conversation. Oh. Like the realities of that are a little bit more, the stakes mm-hmm. are more serious. And from a psychological analysis, the loss of her family, she keeps trying to fill it with her hoarding and her spending from QVC. No. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense. Like she's just out there looking. Like she's out there looking. And that post-Vietnam fetish- fetishization, yeah. you know, like- She's a Vietnam Vietnamese woman, like ooh la la. Like there's that whole of course, yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, like post-war. You can say it. No I'm kidding. Well, I can't because I'm the horny guy in this podcast. So like <laughs> horny for Vietnamese <laughs> refugees. Horny for everyone. I my dad not yourself. oh no 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 but like <laughs> why weren't we that, why didn't we exist in 1973 outside of madison square garden with shirts that said horny for vietnam <laughs> it's gonna start right now we're gonna work for the board of tourism <laughs> horny for vietnam <laughs> and henning can clean up the uh uh henning uh from jerk practice he he was telling me about a project he's working on where they were basically cleaning up a tourism video which essentially was I can't I can't talk about it too much, but they're like, "Hey, can you the beaches here? They don't look beachy enough. Can you just superimpose a beach from California?" They're like, "Yeah, we can do that." It's like, "What do you mean a country said that?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> no, but that whole scene like it goes so fast, but you know like. He's talking about the racial implications, and she's like, I've known nothing but misery since the age of five. I want a family. I want to be American and, like, forget about all of our woes. But again, this might not be the best episode of Night Court ever, but as I've said now multiple times in this episode, that rings back to what Night Court does really well. Yeah. Which is a combination, like a juxtaposition of, like, the outrageous and like a very serious topic. Like they can broach social issues because it's night mm-hmm. and it's New York City <laughs> and court. No, I'm kidding. Court, but like, no, like I, I think they did a really good job of like that painted a very vivid and valid picture for us. But it didn't take us down for the rest of the episode. No, because oh. we come right back and Mac decides to jump right in the Chauvy tin. A dumb dad joke. He goes dumb dad with it. Like, I've seen nothing but misery. Is it worse than my dirty apartment? <laughs> well. <laughs> it was worse than that because he was like, you have to clean my apartment. Basically. And then he's like, you got to clean my apartment. And I like my eggs over easy. And I like them three, on time. Three eggs scrambled. Hold it. as But she had a great reaction. She's like, awesome. Whatever you want. I, I don't cook. Like. It was perfect. So it's about the love. He's not getting a... Domestic. Domestic. 
he's getting a like a wife wife like he's getting a real like you complex a lady like, i'll do anything i can't do this and that right yeah she's like not you know she's not gonna clean his house because she doesn't know how to do it i feel like they'd probably be a cool couple to hang out with because they're not like yeah. too lovey-dovey they're that one doesn't there's no hierarchy in their relationship as you can tell because he's like i like my yeah. eggs and she's like go fuck yourself Fuck you, something I can't and cook. And she's like, "I'm in debt." He's like, "Good luck with that." And uh, <laughs> well, because they get there, and like his, like he acquiesces in the end. Is like he says he loves her because I, he does. I believe he actually does. And he's like, "Let's let's do it. Let's make it work. We're gonna live together as husband and wife, and we're gonna get to the bottom of like why the fuck you owe 18 how the fuck do you owe eighteen thousand dollars basically without saying that it's like we're gonna get to the bottom of that eighteen thousand dollars and they're about to kiss and she goes oh i have a buick did i mention the buick which is like to be honest sell that buick now you're what fifteen thousand in debt that's not bad yeah then you're back breaking it off manageable off why does she, she need a Buick? And she really is trying to replace that. That shit is big, like a wide. Yeah. Can you imagine a Buick in the eighties in New York? It was like a fucking Cadillac. It's it like was probably garbage, a Skylark. It's like a like, garbage truck. No, it was like a Skylark. It's literally like a hand-me-down Cadillac. Like that's what it is. It's Just a Cadillac for people that can't afford pat Cadillac. Goddamn driving it's GM. like a fucking boat. She probably. I had one. I we had a ninety-five Buick Century. We had a Skylark and a Skyhawk. Skyhawk? I never heard of a Skyhawk. That was Chrome wings, yeah. missiles. I had I had that buddy, Bad Larry, until I was in high school. Sounds like a GI Joe vehicle. Yeah, uh, it was no not. It, was. it looked more like a DeLorean without the cool doors and a lot of rust. So, so it was just shitty because the only <laughs> thing about a DeLorean was the doors. Yeah, that was it. Literally. Uh, that's the only episode I've seen of that Jerry Seinfeld show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. He tries to pick up oh, Pat, Pat Oswald in, in a DeLorean, and it actually breaks down. To which they bring another DeLorean, to which you find out Jerry Seinfeld owns two DeLoreans. He's like a Quan Lee hoarder. <laughs> of terrible cars. They have the, the diner. Uh, for Tom's restaurant, like the quote unquote Seinfeld diner table, they have in their kitchen installed. Who does Jerry Seinfeld? Yeah, and his no, wife. Quan Lee, the actress that plays Quan Lee. Oh, she QVC'd it. No, from the <laughs> Seinfeld diner, like he took that, and they're like, "What are you gonna do with like?" I mean, and it it's an actual diner like stool and table, and the fact that you have to nail it to the tile, sure. like it's not some like set piece that's just a chair you roll on and off like it it was legit and so no he took it and that's in their kitchen like they have like a diner booth and that's where jerry seinfeld gets all tony soprano with like heads of state right no 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 you sit at the diner table that's weird that this piece of shit table uh, that's that's I don't think that's weird i think that's awesome I, no that's weird in the context of what i know as jerry seinfeld being a curmudgeon like i feel like if they were like on set and they'd be like do you want like the last day of shoot, do you want the table? Like, Why would I want the table? What's it? You, I gotta install it's it. I gotta table. take it with me. I yeah. gotta ship it. It's a table. That's the beauty of the show. That's Larry David talking, not Jerry Seinfeld. That's true. That's true. Speaking of shows, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of shows that we love to talk about, my next note is uh, 
Dick robe. Dick robe. Can I? Sh- I'd like robe. to show you what I have in my robe, which is right at dick level. Harry opens his robe, and he's got Harry a letter fun- tied to his rock hard cock. <laughs> also, not to go into night thrust, but Pretty. Billy did not look offended. We really, un like we like, unbeknownst to us, picked the perfect time. To insert that night thrust episode, sure, it's getting because it made this episode real skeevy. Yeah, it really did. Uh, it's that couple that date at work and they're using sexual innuendos, and you're just like, "Fucking, I know you fucked." Like, stop. But it makes us hornier if we pretend we didn't. Ugh. But we all know you did. But, uh, you know, all that, uh, all that talk of gender discrimination, you know, she usurps it. With her night smutting, and ends up getting a letter that says the world is a better place with Billy Young in it, and season three will be a better place with Billy Young out of it. <laughs> no, I felt like it's very for all of the pros that he gave Dan, which are professional. Like it's nice that he gave her a letter, but there, it's like. I think, like, I really, I, I find As a it, professional per in the office, if you gotta, like... Trust me what I say, I find it completely bizarre to make be making all these comments on this one, like, in quote-unquote, like, somewhat defensibly, given what I've said. But we know, let's not beat around the bush, after this episode, we have two episodes left in the season. Mm. Billy's gone after that. Right. Marky Post comes in. We know that. I think... That for the first time in Night Court history, I was watching him, they are writing Billy right. No, it's a bummer. I, I, which yep. is almost, almost a bummer, but also, it's sad, but it's a fact. They're writing Billy right so she can have a good exit, which in my opinion is better than a character just not reappearing. Not hitting the mark. They're not giving her the like, lot or. Them giving yeah. her, like, one line at, you know, the beginning of the next mm-hmm. season, like, of, like, where's Billy? Billy went to Vegas, and then that's it, and we never talk about Billy again. Like, I really do think that this is all making an arc for her to become herself and leave Night Court, and she's almost all but said it this time, which I wasn't expecting, because I, I don't remember the transition. To be frank, I don't remember Billy or Ellen Foley. I only remember Marky Post right. from growing yeah. up. Um, So this is all new to me, and I'm just like, it's bittersweet, because it's really good writing in the fact that I feel it's a good send-off for a main character, and you're building it up in a very character-driven way where it's not just like, that actor left. Sure. Right. Like, it, it makes sense, but also at the same time, it, the bitter part mm. of it is that I think you're finally getting this character, and as much as I still didn't like the overacting when the beginning scene were, oh, well, I, who, they almost write it in that she's overacting. Like, they've they've started yeah. to, they've just kind of hit that rhythm. If she was given another now, season. It could have possibly, potentially, questionably gone better. Sure. I do I do like that a main character is getting a good send-off. You got to remember yeah. that everybody else in the show had a season under their belt when they brought her in. And as I recall from our episodes, we're like, uh, other than the Santa Claus episode, it took about a season to get these people seasoned. 
So like it's kind of like yeah. she got her legs under, you know, she got her feet yeah, wet. She definitely did. And they, uh, yeah, and they're still overacting, but the writers have now learned kind of how to adapt their style to her acting style. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and a lot, a lot is you like that's a huge part of it is like writing for your performer. Sure, because you can write for generic protagonist, whether it's a male or a female, but until someone takes that over and you're like that's just them yeah like like, and and like i said like i still like billy in this episode annoyed me in the beginning with her overacting but her character arc in this episode i was like wow that's that's really succinct it's very understandable i relate to it i empathize with it and whether or whether or not the performance is necessarily what i would or would not do or understand I still get it, and I'm going to give you that, like, that handicap. Yeah. That deserves a Bartini. Oh, yeah. Did oh, you hear the ingredients of that? Uh, vermouth and Bosco. Uh, I was like, Bosco? What's Bosco? And I was chocolate like, syrup. oh, right, that chocolate syrup, yeah. That's Ipecac in a glass. I would assume sweet vermouth. Uh, God, I would. it, it wouldn't matter. I hope so. It's all, it's all, I mean, it's going to be gross either way, but... It's all vinegarized wine, essentially. Just so gnarly. We used to drink, uh, when you and I lived in Minneapolis, <sighs> there's a brand called UV Vodka, which actually was banned for a while until they were allowed to bring back because they purposely made it candy-colored, cheap, and fruit or sweet-flavored, right? So they were literally... Specifically, I think some memos were released were like, we need booze for kids. Can we get on that? <laughs> yeah, kid booze. So we used to buy a quart of chocolate milk for like a dollar, and you could get a, oh, a, a, a jug of UV vanilla vodka, and that's what we drank. God. Just slug of that, slug of <laughs> slug of chocolate milk, and I just because when alcohol and dairy hit your system in your stomach. The ingredients immediately curdle, like there's no way around it. So it was just a belly full of cheese curds. Sweet cheese. I've never been so sick in my life. Oh, nothing beats taking toots from that giant Carlo Rossi port wine and then taking a slug of Coke. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've never. Cokes and wine. I've never had a hangover like a hangover I've had with port wine because it's just like brandied wine and it's so sweet Ugh. it's so sugary can't, you and i were like jack kerouac drink drank uh, port let's go get a jug <laughs> of port. we read that book and we're like yeah oh god that's why he died when he was 40 yes yes that's why his brain literally swelled out of his skull killing him <laughs> never <laughs> heard of any booze. alcoholic death like his death <laughs> hemorrhage um so that's that's what we get off of bartini and then we shift to the coldie, which is old Danny, Bummy Dan. Old Bum Dan. He lost out to the third horse in the race, which we would expect was some scumbag from the Bronx. They're all scumbags it turns from out the Bronx. That scumbag from the Bronx is a white Irish priest. I. This is a weird position that people are going for. But old Irish priests come in. Uh, who was who was the uh, who was the guy right after Tammany Hall? The Irish guy, Al Smith, who kind of ran New York for a while. Maybe he's maybe he's riding the coattails of that of that ride. But he comes in, you know, uh, and says, "I'm actually the third guy you're referring to." 
And he wants to come in to congratulate, congratulate Billy on a good fight. Billy, like we fought a good, good fight. fight I guess there were votes. Uh, Again, we never established exactly what was happening for the winner. Right. But I think want... Harry gives a recommendation which gives clout but doesn't win the race. Right. They were like, they didn't give a shit about your recommendation. Right. So old the priest comes in to congratulate Billy non-gloatingly but he hears that he's a scumbag so then he's like i'm also here to speak to dan fielding and he congratulates him and does he say that i think that he says dan like i'm actually here to see billy i i want to see her and meet her and shake her hand on a a race well fought and then dan goes what about me yeah he goes oh you like there's a I don't know yeah. the verbatim line, but essentially he doesn't bring Dan up. Yeah. Dan brings it up. Essentially, he's like Billy, you're going. I, even though you didn't get the get the yeah. job, you're going places. And then Dan's like, "What about me?" He's like, "Oh yeah, Dan Fielding. I heard you're going places too. Someplace Somewhere hot. very warm. Yeah. It's hot. Oh, oh yeah, he goes hot. think hot. <laughs> Credits. Boom. Dan's going to hell." Ban, and we knew that he's living in hell, right? Yeah, because he's still broke. Oh yeah, I was uh, gonna Gettle say, Bangs, you know, the huh? coal tag I thought was coming, which maybe came after the credits. Those sex boys coming to collect on their dough. Oh, that's true. Dan owes a right. Couple, it went away. That would have been that would have been a good next. return. Right? They turn on. I him. guarantee you, if they had would have had like two more minutes in the episode, that is what. Because that was a funny gag. Yeah, those guys were funny. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see them perpetually. If I had my druthers, they would perpetually show up because Dan never paid them for this one instance. Right. Oh, it adds to a, the cartoonish nature I like from my yeah. sitcoms. Like the Or then he becomes they become on his payroll and they're mm-hmm. always there when he's doing something big. Right. It's it's right. they just yeah. show up, but it's the same There's guys. Always just that- yeah, exactly. Just Fist in the crumbs. hand. Like whenever whenever he gets about two grand up. Time to pay the price. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's always there. Oh man, uh, let's gavel bang it, and it's we'd be yeah. the third people gavel banging because we didn't mention old Harry's gavel got banged by a non-Anderson this episode. Remember that mm. old Mackie get banged his gavel? Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Was it good for you? Or how did it feel being with somebody <laughs> <Yeah>. else? <laughs> um, I'm gonna give this episode. A seven, not because of what was necessarily in it, but because of what wasn't. Ooh. Uh, I feel, and I, I commend the writers and producers, like we, again, hindsight, we have that, you know, ability right now. Selma wasn't in it, which means Bull wasn't in it, which means some of the flow in my opinion, was off. Yeah. I think it was a good episode, good good bits, good character, you know, driven stories. Um, didn't like the callbacks to the, all the jokey-jokey stuff with Harry. No. I don't know if could've, I was with Harvey, but we didn't mention the card gag oh, yeah. when oh, I was here. yeah. That was fucking Constant horrible. I just, I chose to forget it was. Um, <laughs> so, so I will say it was a really good episode, but I also think that maybe those bits were added in because other bits had to be taken out. Sure. 
Um, and I don't think Bull was given time because most likely what was written for Bull was a back and forth. Um, and as we know, Selma Diamond gets very sick and dies and is not in season three. Spoilers. So this is... Spoilers? <laughs> is it spoilers when it comes out in 1985? Well, and it's was choked up with that. Spoilers. <laughs> um, so I give it a seven, but just because I think... It could have been probably an eight or a nine for me, but they probably had to do some last minute shuffling. And it seemed that way to me. Seven sounds good. <clears throat> what do you say, Hansi? You know, I uh, I had eight written down originally. Um, after my first viewing, I had eight. And I actually sent you guys a message and I said, this is yeah. going to be a winner. Because it was, I loved it, and then upon rewatching it, it just didn't have the same weight as other than the last episode that we that we that we got yeah. through, baby. Right. I watched I watched them two or three times, and it really is telling if an episode holds up on a second viewing or not. And this one didn't disappoint, but it didn't hold up. So I'm That's fair great. to take my seven, uh, my eight down to a seven on that one. Um, yeah, I would go, I was, I was wavering between seven and eight. Yeah, I would certainly never give it a bad one. Like, it was good. Like, it had good moments. It had good bits. It had good serious bits. But I don't come away saying this is quintessentially Night Court. Right. This one moved really fast. It sure did, like, yeah. it was really good. Yeah, that, which I like. I um, like the two stories. Yeah. Like, I like when it's not just one thing that we're beating like a dead horse over and over again for the whole 23 minutes. Like, yeah. I like the two stories. I like that there's humor. I like the the quote unquote gallows bits that we did have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I just think there was something missing. Yeah, there was no really big pop. There were a couple good gags, but it didn't. Yeah. So I'm going to go. I'll go seven with you guys. Triple seven. And we'll all be haunted to, except for Ash because... After all the talk, after all the love, after all the admiration, you and I get we ones. We don't fucking notice that Selma's not even in the episode. <laughs> I know. Which leads me to say that Selma's a banana because she is dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> In the court, case 33, Bull, could you put it in the books, please? Thank you very much, sir. Poor Selma. Poor Selma. Well, we love her, and we're glad we could give her... What if she's back next episode? What if she just was a little sick? I'm not sure. But uh, we hope to see her, and if not, uh, uh, we're thankful for the time we had for her. And for the tasteless joke we were able to close this episode with. If you liked what you heard, go back and listen to old episodes, which means go back and watch some Night Court. And um, give us a review if you're, if you're liking it, if you're not liking it. But if you're not liking it, maybe a five-star review and tell us what we can fix. That's, you know what, that's asking a lot, but come on, free podcast. Anyways, we also have our main podcast, Jerk Practice, available on 
Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. So give that a listen, too. And we love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. As a little crossover. Night Court. I can't stand living in a messy apartment. Cleaning is my hobby. Well, not to mention, I like to watch a lot of sports on TV. Go Cubbies. <laughs> Plus, I like three eggs scrambled every day for breakfast. You have them any way you like. I don't know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just bury her in a banana. Is that what that? You can't use that one. Oh, like but it's that. a good line. I know. I, we don't know. We haven't seen the next episode yet. What if she's back? She could be. She could be. Maybe. <laughs> Yakov Smirnoff's in the next yeah, one. Yeah, he he's going to live to be a five thousand years old. Jesus so. Christ! He'll yeah. outlive all. Of I can't us. wait till we get to, well we, till we do all these episodes and we get to take the babies to Branson, Missouri, to see Yakov Smirnoff's daily sold out show. <laughs> he sells out a three thousand seat theater every day or like twice a day. Oh God! It's fucking insane. Which is uh, that's nothing against him. It's probably awesome. The show no, is probably fucking great. Tight, tight like a drum. We'll do a, we'll do a street pod from a, a smear pod. <laughs> we also, at one point in time, I'm just going to throw it out into the ether right now. I don't want to discuss it because we're done. But I did not know until what a week ago. Mm-hmm. I was reading a rando article because I Google Night Court on my days off, which is Gotta all of them my... because I'm unemployed. Um, they did a 30 Rock episode mm-hmm. that was called like a reunion of the one with the like half the cast of Night Court. And yeah, Harry and Marky Post Whoa. and Charles and Robinson, Charles Robinson baby. are in it. They are in an, a, an episode of 30 Rock. So I don't want to get into the episode until Marky Post gets introduced into the show. But I just want to know that I was the a-hole that didn't fucking realize that that happened. And we just watched the episode last week and it was funny. Oh, nice. I want to check that it's out. It's a good... Un- Night Court was underserved in the episode, I will say. It was underserved, but I think because everybody couldn't come. Yes. No bullshit. And they could... No, and no Laracat. Oh, well, that's kinda, it. Like, that's it. They poke it. at Laracat. If you don't get those two, then... On. I, you only need those two. <laughs> well, I, I think Laracat... I, well, I know for a fact Larrakat's show with Bobby Moynihan already got canceled. Uh, oh, the one where he's where he's old, which Bobby. Everybody saw that coming. From I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that because those are paper. good dudes. But that was also a paycheck show. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, Come we saw on. Casey and I saw, it and we were like so happy slash upset because we were like, "This is not going to go well." We're happy to see y'all. Three generations no. of white guys. The show. But they weren't even, they were the same white guy. Right. They're not even a family. If they were a family unit, that show would get at least another season. That's two and a half fucking men. But not with Larroquette. I bet Larroquette's contract was fucking sweet on that. Eve, but like, you know, they have the sweet, like, little, uh, what are you, amendments or whatever upon cancellation. I still get paid for the full season. Yeah. And- oh, I'm sure. Well, and just solely based on his... Larroquette's getting paid until, like, Back to the Future 2 Nike shoes actually exist for that show. Like, Larroquette's such a, a 
consummate professional when we listen to that Mark Marin WTF. Yeah. Great interview. If any, it's, like we talked about before, yeah. if you haven't listened Multiple to it, listen times, to it. Yeah. But towards the end, when Marin and you know Marin, like Marin's like a little rabble rouser, even when he's not trying to be. He's a rat. When he's trying to like when he's talking to to Lara Kett about what he's working on, Lara Kett's on like a TNT show that's a spinoff of a an old show that Noah Wiley did called The Librarians. Okay. So then Mark Marin's kind of like, "What's that about?" And you can hear Larry Kett like, well, I am the oldest librarian <laughs> and I run what used to be the Library of Alexandria. Like he's explaining a bad show. Right. And you're making him explain a bad show, but he does it like a fucking pro. I mean, guys, Larry Kett does not have the greatest track record of projects and we all know we love him. The dude, like, you know what his, like... His first foray into the movie business is, right? The silver screen. We may have to do an episode where we watch Madhouse. No, no. Yes, we do. But prior to that, Madhouse was like, they're like, let's give Larroquette like something just to keep him. He's won so many Emmys. Those have to translate. Larroquette co-stars Bronson Pinchot, Second Sight. In which Bronson Pinchot plays a they uh, Larroquette's a detective and Bronson Pinchot is a psychic that tries to help him solve oh, a God. case. This sounds fantastic. It sounds horrible. They just did a, a first of all we all have to go and watch it, but secondly, for me again, once you do watch it, there that's the treat that keeps on giving because there is a how did this get made that they just came out with on it. Oh, that's amazing! If we do all that. I gotta hold up from a boiler cat, and we also have to download the private practice arc. Oh yeah, that he was on, where he was a maniacal a but hilarious serial killer. Phenom. And then I think he won an Emmy and a Golden Globe for it. Well, we—I don't even think we talked about how Larroquet won so many Emmys for Night Court. He said, "Stop nominating me." He did. Yeah. He pulled himself out of nomination because he was like, and he said it in the Marin mm-hmm. podcast. It came to a point where maybe it was too late, hashtag aside, it was, but he was like, I'm never going to have a career after this, like if I don't stop getting notoriously known for it. Right. He stopped. He pulled his name out of the hat. And then when he forgot to not again, take his name out of the running, he won again. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, that's great. All right. Good All stuff. right. Well, uh, the night is long and full of weirdos, y'all. Have a good night. Court. Court. I cut it after that banana line. It was too good. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You totally Did should. Did you fucking 